Will you pray with me? Holy One, gracious God, there come moments in our lives that are hard. Seasons of our lives that are extremely hard. We come to you this morning aware of those times in our own lives and those of those we love. We ask that you would be present here, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts might be blessed by the presence of your Holy Spirit, your Pentecost Spirit, that we indeed may know the hope to which you call us. In Christ's name, amen. You know, the first week of Pentecost, on June 5th, I spoke to you about just how peculiar a story that is with the mighty wind and the flames that appear to light on them and, and the words that people are able to come up with in languages they had never known. What a peculiar event. But you know, if I were ranking peculiarity in the scripture, I think Ezekiel might take it. (laughs) I hope that none of you are taking that word from Ezekiel literally. It's important that you understand that in the United Church of Christ, we take the Bible way too seriously to take the scripture absolutely literally. And it's important for you to understand that what Ezekiel is telling us about is a vision that he had. Now, I am drawn much more to visions of the glorious new Jerusalem, to the wonder of how we can all be humanity together. I am drawn so much more by positive visions And then you get this one from Ezekiel. So Ezekiel feels God's hand upon him and he feels guided into what he sees as a valley of dry bones. There's a great old spiritual called Dem Bones. Probably you know it. It is a wonderful spiritual. It can feel kind of superficial at times, but it coming out of the time of enslavement is an important image that indeed dry bones can be brought back to life. But Ezekiel is saying to the people of Israel, You are this valley of dry bones. There is no life left in you. And God is calling you to pay attention to what is happening to you. Ooh! (laughs) And yet, it's an authentic word. Because there are times when the structures and institutions and life of nations and of peoples are indeed like valleys of dry bones. There are times in the history of the world when that vision 
It's a very powerful and real vision. So God says to Ezekiel, here are these dried bones. Here is this place. These people who are in need of being brought to life prophesy to them. Can you imagine Ezekiel's reaction? I'm supposed to preach to a bunch of dry bones? But Ezekiel, in profound faithfulness, took what God had said and did indeed prophesy, preach, speak to those dry bones and call them back to life. His amazement is recorded there that when he was prophesying, all of a sudden he heard a clattering Now, you can almost hear the clattering, right? You can almost hear it in the text, this clattering, as the bones are remembered. And I invite just a little side trip here to remembering that indeed when we are together as the body of Christ, when we come together in worship, we are remembered from our dismemberment, we are remembered. So Ezekiel preaches, prophesies to that valley of dry bones, and they begin to reassemble themselves. Now, this is a vision. Don't go getting literal. This is a vision in which he is laying out before the people of Israel what they are called to be and do. Come out of your dryness. Come out of that time of your dismemberment. Come out of that feeling of being dead. And come to life in God. Because you see, though this is a peculiar strange, haunting, ew kind of vision, it's still a vision of hope. I'm astonished by that every time I come to this text. It is truly amazing to me how Ezekiel, and with the power of God, takes such an awful vision and it becomes a sign of hope. Now, if you can, just shift with me to the text that Joe read from Acts. It's a part of Peter's first sermon to the brand new Christian church. And he carries on about how the Israelites, those who've now been hearing all these words in so many different languages, that how they're the ones who caused Jesus to die. You crucified him. You're the ones who did it. It's not unlike a statement about dry bones. It is a condemnation. It's a statement of fact. 
But then Peter says, you caused his death, but God raised him because death could not contain him. So both of these texts are in some way about resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But God, I love those two words because it always says to me, no matter what happens to us in our lives, no matter what sorrow we are carrying, no matter how alienated we are feeling, no matter how distant we are feeling from somebody whom we want to be close to, no matter what's happening in our lives, those two words are crucial. But God. But God in your life, God in the power of the Holy Spirit can come into that deadness, to that emptiness, to that isolation, alienation, whatever it is you're experiencing. Now, I am not preaching this without having had those experiences. I've been there. During my time with breast cancer, I could not perceive God's presence. I felt empty and lost. But I knew enough to remember the but God. Uh, one T in there. I got you, Joe. <laughs> to remember that phrase that says, but God, even in your time of loneliness and hurt, of deprivation and isolation, God is still present. If God in Ezekiel's vision can remember dry bones. Ezekiel is telling us, no matter what is happening in your life, you too can be given new life, new possibility that you indeed, through prayer and the presence of the Holy Spirit, can have a life that you dream of it may not be exactly as you dream. God does not fulfill our every wish. But it can be life-giving if you will open your heart to the newness of God's presence with you in your time. May it be so for you that you know the power of the Holy Spirit of Pentecost coming into your life and giving you renewal, rememberment, and possibility. Amen.